Hi, this is Mark Josephsberg and uh, at Body Learning. My guest today is the one and only Robert Rickover, an Alexander Technique teacher who teaches out of uh, Lincoln, Nebraska, as well as Toronto, Canada. And today we're going to talk about uh, effective self-delivery of the Alexander Directions. And so, Robert, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Mark. It's so good to be on my own show. It, it must feel like home <laughs> it, to be it on does, It really does feel like home. So, uh, Toronto, Canada, would you like to say anything about your mayor, or you want to just get into the... I think dir- we should skip the mayor. Skip uh, the mayor. I think he's got all the publicity he needs. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking in uh, December 2013, so if that comment seems out of date, just Google Rob Ford, and you'll know what we're talking about. That's right. And may, my comments may seem out of date, even if uh, uh, they are on date or whatever. Right. But let me ask you this. Uh, the directions, self-directions, the importance of them, and would you like to also speak a little bit about how they've uh, evolved for you and how you use them? Well, um, I, I uh, of course, directing, self-directing is a crucial aspect of the Alexander technique. It was, it was Alexander's concept. He had... He came up with um, a series of directions. Uh, I was just reading Lily Westfeldt's book, and apparently the exact words he used back in the uh, early 30s were neck free, uh, head to go forward and up, back to lengthen and widen. And then when someone said, how do you do all three, he would say all together, one after another. That was Those were sort of the original Directions. There might have been other ones before that. I think in more recent years, um, th- those have been changed a bit by many teachers. Um, to just to take the example of say the neck part of that, um, neck free sounds a little like a command that may be off-putting. So um, the new version of that might be my neck is free. Mm-hmm. Just to, that's a, a, a freedom direction. That's a, a very recent development in Alexander directing. Before that, we had negative directions. Um, I'm not tensing my neck, for example. Before that, we had um, letting my neck be free, which was which was not bad, but still made an assumption that wasn't necessarily true. And before that, I can remember. Uh, I am freeing my neck was mm-hmm. was one, and then most recently we have neutral directions, which are my my neck belongs to my torso, that sort of thing. But what I what I want to emphasize today is not so much the specific direction uh, direction or directions you're using or teaching your students, um, but I want to emphasize the importance of how those that direction is the student delivers that to him or herself mm-hmm. because it's it's my belief that that aspect is as important as the necessity of the direction itself being a useful one. You mean how each a particular student uses the directions and how they 
talk to themselves to direct themselves? Yeah, I mean, just generally, how, like, let's let's just take a very traditional Alexander direction. Um, my my neck is free, or some some version of that, or I'm not tensing my neck, or if you like, I'm letting my neck be free. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Whatever direction you're you're happen to be. Uh, asking your student to use and and teaching them to use on their own, I think it's as important to get the wording right. It's it's as important as that to get the way in which the student asks him or herself that or says you, that to him or herself. What, what do you mean the way? The the uh, quality of thinking that goes into that direction. Mm-hmm. So um, let's take the most obvious example. Um, you certainly don't want the student to try to do the direction. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty well understood by by everyone in the Alexander world. They are non-doing directions they are simply um, mental directions that you give yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's, I, that's old ground. But what I would say about that is that um, doing can take on some pretty subtle levels. And that's what I want to get to with the next point, which is, in, in my view, and this is just from my own experience over, uh, over the last, particularly over, I'd say, the last 10 years or so when I've really thought a lot about this, is that for directions to be most effective, they have to be deliver, delivered to oneself extremely lightly or softly, if you like, and absolutely forgiving of forgetting them. Forgiving of forgetting Forgiving of forgetting. (laughs) I I tell students, if, if, for example, they're going to do a little experiment of getting up from the chair and walking around the room with the direction my neck is free just to see what happens, that they are almost guaranteed to forget that before they even get onto their feet. No problem. Mm -hmm. They just, when they notice they've forgotten it, they just gently bring it back again. And it's at those times, isn't it, when they've forgotten them and then remember that the technique is being most effective? Well, sure. I mean, that's when they bring to bear the direction again. But they, but what I emphasize, they bring it to bear with no little additional thought, oh, I really screwed up with this direction before, or, you know, you just bring mm-hmm. it back. You, mm-hmm. you, you forgot it? Okay, I'm going to bring it back. And I, I try to make the whole thing not a big deal. Just, um, just the lightest possible delivery of that thought to yourself. Right. And what I, what I found, uh, what I notice in, in our language, is that usually when you're talking about something very uh, specific, like your neck or yourself or your torso or whatever, the tendency is to 
um, put a little extra oomph in the thought, kind of a zero in on it. Um, and most people, when they're having very light thoughts, they tend to be sort of very almost, um, I won't say abstract, but like, what a nice day it is today, that kind of thing, you know? Right, so a possibly like a softer focus, a softer view, yeah. coming back a little bit instead of a laser-like focus on one area? Yes, that's, I, I, what, I, what I would like people to do is take the lightness of a thought, like, oh, it's a beautiful day today, and use that lightness for delivering a very specific direction. Mm-hmm. And almost everyone can do it, but it's not its not something most people are used to doing when it comes to specific things, and certainly important specific things like how they're functioning. Mm-hmm. So one of the... One of the things that I I spend a fair amount of time on early in a series of lessons with somebody is I I get them to run some little experiments. A typical one might be um, they're sitting in a chair and uh, in in my studio, and I will say, uh, do you notice? Uh, or I'll say, what what color is that table? That's over there in the corner. And it's and they'll immediately say, that's oh, brown. It's a very boring table. They chances are they hadn't noticed it before. And I'll say, Did you notice that in order to answer that question, you didn't have to do a lot of work, but you did have to let your attention go somewhere where it probably wasn't before. And they all everyone kind of gets that. And then I say, let's do this experiment. I'd like you in a moment to stand up, take a little walk around the room, and sit down again, and have just a slightly elevated awareness of that table. Very slight. Just enough that if I asked you a question about it as you're doing this exercise, you would either have the answer or you would know where to look to get the answer. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if I ask what, what side of the table is the drawer on, you might not remember, but since you were sort of a little bit more interested in that table than you would have been otherwise, you would know exactly where to look to get that answer. And I find that a lot of people can do that pretty easily the first time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I question them a little bit, it's, it turns out they've snuck in a little concentration or holding on to it. And then we have to play with that a bit. But once they've succeeded in doing that, then I, I will tell them, if you're doing any more effort in your self-directing than you just did, you're doing too much. Mm-hmm. And... And I suggest they repeat that experiment or a similar one for themselves from time to time. And it doesn't have to be a visual. It could be they're out walking and they just choose randomly some sound, maybe rustling of the leaves or birds sounds or whatever. And just for maybe 10 or 15 seconds, 
they they make a point of having slightly more awareness of that sound than they would otherwise. And again, if they're doing more effort than that in self-directing, it's too much. Mm-hmm. That's just a little a little gimmick I use, but I found it to be pretty effective because people can get right away that they are able to have a thought not held tightly, not held rigidly, not concentrated upon. And I think that is the that is what works best for a thought like my neck is free. I, I like that. It it uh, makes it I think it's a great practice. And I think it's a great thing to practice. It's it's very uh, ana- an analogous to instructions you get for certain kinds of meditation using a mantra uh, you'll often be told by in many traditions oh there's this mantra you're going to repeat it to repeat it so uh, mentally to yourself and uh, but you're not hanging on to it and there's a there's you're certainly going to forget it and when you notice you've forgotten it you just gently bring it back or, or another, you or might another. fall asleep if it's a meditation. You might doze mm-hmm. off a little bit and you you just bring it back when you come back into awareness. You don't try hanging on to it. You're fine with losing it. You just gently yeah. bring it back. Yeah, interesting. Or when another thought comes in that has nothing to do with meditation, you don't beat yourself up for it. Exactly. So they exactly. Just let it come in, let it move away. Because you're in the real world when you're out there. There are going to be zillions of distractions. You're right. You're walking down the street. You're thinking about your neck or your torso or whatever, and you and you see this dog. It's really a cool looking dog, and all of a sudden your your interest goes to that, you know, or you right. use you're distracted by something. Well, here's another example, and I don't even know if you would call it a distraction, but you're sitting at the computer because you're at work and you have to sit there for for eight hours doing mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. You can't really, I don't think, in the front of your mind have the Alexander directions because you're concentrating, you're thinking about so many different things. Mm-hmm. But you can so, bring them to bear from time to time. But you can bring them to bear. Yeah. Yeah, and, and well, uh, another thing I tell students is don't try thinking these directions all day long. Um, you know, a minute or two here and there, that would be plenty. Um, yeah. Do you, do you have any kind of... Um, uh, what would be the word besides shortcut? Because people get very upset about that word. Mm. But some kind of uh, shortcut <laughs> uh, to use, you know, when you don't have like a, a whole 45 seconds to think about the uh, many directions that there are. Well, that that leads me to the other thing that once a student has had a few lessons, um, they, they they will have experimented with um, probably by that point at least a half a dozen or more Mm self-directions. And what I tell them is it's really good to have sort of a basket that you can just pull a direction out of. There will be a whole bunch in there. And um, sometimes you you may have a pretty good idea what would be a useful one in a particular circumstance. If you're feeling tension in your neck, it might be 
um, it, it, it might be useful to say my neck is free. Or if you're noticing that your breathing's a little restricted, restricted you might want to say I'm free to breathe or my breathing is free. Or whatever direction you've worked with um, around that topic. And, I, you know, I encourage them to experiment with them individually, but then to have them sort of all available so that they, they're, they're using them is quite familiar. There's, mm-hmm. your, the brain, their brains are already a bit wired up to, to deliver them pretty easily. And to always have one or two that are sort of default directions that are always going to be useful. So like, that if, uh, if you're in the midst of, of something like a high power meeting or you're in the middle of singing on stage with several thousand people looking at you, um, you don't really want to spend a lot of time thinking of what the best thing to think about is. So, oh, you know, I'm free. That would be a nice one. Or mm-hmm. my, then your, my neck is free is always going to be a, a useful one. Mm-hmm. To have maybe one or two or three default directions that you can just use in any situation if you don't have the if luxury of sort of picking the right one. Right. So I, that, that sort of fits in, again, with keeping that whole process very light and um, easy. Easy and maybe uh, unspecific, too. Because even if you think of the neck, I remember I had a teacher who put her hand on my neck and said, this is your neck. And then a little further down, this is your neck. And then she's between my shoulder blades and saying, this is your neck and all the way down your back. In other words, you could think of the whole thing as your neck because as much as we uh, break things apart skeletally, you know, Mm -hmm. head, torso, arms, torso, legs, torso, muscularly, we're all one piece. So it's kind of like... uh, uh, an image of just going from the neck and melting down and up to your whole body. So that's kind of what I was saying with that uh, shortcut sort of idea that, you know, I wish to free my neck or my neck is free or whatever. Just having that spread every place, the jaw, the breathing. Sure. Everything else. Yeah. Or you could just say, I'm I'm free. Or if you're using negative Mm -hmm. directions, which... Uh, are very effective. I think freedom directions are a little, little, um, a little more streamlined. But a negative direction would be I'm not compressing myself. And do you find students uh, are very individual as far as what directions will work for them, or any ways to think about individual students, or do you like just like negative directions versus uh, you know freedom directions? Well, I, I, up, up until quite recently, I, I was, was pretty much living in a negative direction world. But I have to say freedom directions are, are I think, slightly more effective for a number of reasons. And I usually start students now with freedom directions. But I find it also kind of useful to, when they get a, a little more experience, to introduce them to negative directions, and if they're okay with that, to have them available as well. I think sometimes negative directions can be really, really, uh, really nice to use, and plus they give you a little variety. It adds to you, the size of your your basket of directions. I mean, a personal favorite of mine is I'm not compressing myself. I like that because it covers everything and it's tough to mess up. 
It's mm-hmm. tough to – it's kind of hard to know how you would do anything with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so anyway, so whatever the direction, um, very light delivery as we've talked about. And and then the, the, the third main point I want to talk about is what happens when you're directing effectively and efficiently, they work – and there's a a nice change that you notice, like a physical change yeah. or sensation. Yeah. yeah, like something seems to get better. Mm-hmm. I, um, I'm walking along, and I say my walking is free, and suddenly I notice my walking is a little freer. Right. Right. What happens then? Um, in my experience, that's a dangerous, dangerous moment because it is so easy to get sucked into that feeling and to lose track of the direction that brought it about. Mm-hmm. It happens all the time with students. It happens all, I tell students, it happens with me. It, it, it could happen to me anytime. I get, I, something nice happens and I get real interested in it. It's, it's sort of a natural thing. And I, I think, first of all, you need to be aware of that. And when you catch yourself doing it, if you can, just go back to the original direction and sort of put aside for a moment the interest in the feelings of the new sensations, mm-hmm. which is one reason why when I'm working with students, I keep, the, I keep uh, direction experiments very short. 10 seconds, 20 seconds, that kind of time frame. I don't want people going around thinking about their neck for minutes or hours or at a time. Just a few seconds here and there to start with anyway. So instead of repeating feelings, you want the student to uh, possibly repeat the principles. Absolutely. And and what I say is if, let's say, you're saying to yourself, uh, oh, um, my 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 neck is free and you do get this sense of lightness and you 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 find it almost impossible to not be fascinated by it so much so that you it's going to be hard to keep the direction going then forget the directing enjoy the the lightness and then a little bit later come back to another experiment mm-hmm. or the other strategy uh, I like is let's say, well here here's a, a, a an example from personal experience, and this originated with me using a negative direction, but it works exactly the same with freedom directions. Let's say I'm lying, I'm about to go to sleep at night, and I say to myself, I'm not breathing, or I could just as easily say my breathing is free, and all of a sudden my breath just gets fuller, and deeper you know slower typically it just there's a lot more breathing going on and it's so um so so strong a sensation given that there's not much else going on that it's almost impossible for me even now not to get sucked into that Mm -hmm. uh it's just so uh, it, it it never ceases to amaze me and i just i get drawn into it and what I found is a pretty good solution is to shift to an entirely different direction that will have 
some of the same effects, maybe even the same effects. So with breathing, lying in bed, I'm, I'm, my breathing is free, the breathing takes off, and I just switch over to, I'm free to lie in bed, mm. that one. And, and you know, the breathing keeps keeps up, it's nice new pace, but my thinking is directed elsewhere. Mm. Or another example, if I want to, if I want to work, I'll use breathing as an example again. Um, I found a beautiful way to work with breathing is to do it in a context where it's going to be very difficult in the moment to actually notice the change in breathing. So, for example, walking rapidly or even running or swimming. Well, swimming's a little different. But say walking or running or doing some uh, well, today, shoveling snow was a good example. And I would just say to myself, my breathing is free. And, you know, if I were really paying close attention, I could sense that change in my breathing. But mostly what I might notice is just that the shoveling got a little easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't drawn into the breathing because it was not really all that out there in my consciousness. Mm-hmm. So basically, shift to another direction, and that I think it's e- easier to um, not get drawn into the the, po- the wonderful positive effects of the directing. Right, and we kind of want all together one at a time anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, but yeah, I- yeah. I mean, well, with Alexander's directions, which. When I was rereading them, this is a little off topic, but when I was reading them and reading about how the the difficulties people had with that, it's not hard to understand why. Because he really, he, figuring out directions was not his strong suit. You know, he he was good with his hands, but his directions left a lot to be desired. A direction like neck free, head to go forward and up, back to lengthen and widen. Wow, by the time you get to the second phrase, your mind has forgotten the first one. That's that's really overloading the system and not really in accord with um, how we understand people's abilities to bring new ideas to bear. That's just way too much at one time. So I wouldn't use it. I would never use that kind of direction. But but a, even a simple one, like neck, my neck is free, does carry these pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's. I think um, I actually sometimes think that the quality of delivery is at times even more important than the content, but certainly as important. And that's really what I wanted to talk about today. Yeah. And the result is probably one of the most important things. I mean... Yeah. I mean, I've been experimenting with this now for, as I say, I'd say about eight years, maybe seven or eight years, on myself and on my students and it does take a, a little work with students to get them away from concentrating, fixing, not want to lose the new feelings, all, all of that standard stuff that every yeah. teacher runs into. But I do find that it's easier now when I do that little preparatory exercise 
and really emphasize at the outset the importance of lightness. Mm-hmm. And of course, everyone, you know, everyone can, when you tell that to a student, everyone nods their heads and says, oh yeah, I, I know what you mean. But but in in practice, you know, if you're, if you're watching carefully, they will sneak in some of that old doing or setting or concentrating, and you have to really keep your eye out for that. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's a lot easier when you've kind of prepared the ground with some some little exercises and some discussion of, of the topic. Right, and uh, that you can't mess up the exercise. You can't really do it wrong. You cannot. Well, that's the other thing. I mean, getting students away from the idea of right anything, mm-hmm. <laughs> being right, getting it right, is my head in the right place, you know, all that, mm-hmm. that stuff, of course. and And those are all things that are... If you don't deal with, they're certainly going to result in some kind of doing. That's right. You know, um, yeah. So that's pretty much all I've got to say on the topic. I just thought it would be a nice idea to bring all that together. Because I guess the background, again, we're talking in the the end of 2013. We are really in an amazing period of Alexander directions, new versions of them coming out. Um, they're coming fast and furious. I have no doubt they'll be, in a year from now, there'll be some even more effective ones. Um, I would say Alexander directing word, word wording of Alexander directing technology is just just changing incredibly rapidly right now. But I don't know that there's always that much attention paid to the delivery process, and that's why that's why I wanted to to talk about that today. Yeah, and I think uh, just to, to sum up my part, I realize how important, and I've realized how important the delivery process is because if the delivery process is the least bit I find harsh or. Mm-hmm right or wrongish, then the person is going to, for instance, tense their necks. They're going to do something. Yeah. They're going to, yeah. So So is there anything else you'd like to say about anything? (laughs) Oh, there is so much I'd like to say about the state of the world and the Alexander world, but not today. Not today. (laughs) Well, thank you very much, guest. You're the guest and the host in the way. Uh, Robert Rickover from Lincoln, Nebraska and Toronto, Canada. Thanks very much, Robert. Hey, thank you, Mark. It's been great.